Next on BYU Sports Nation, your revised BYU basketball starting five, five months away from the season. Who's in your lineup? With the addition of Jake Toulson, is BYU the second best basketball team in the West Coast Conference now? And are the expectations for BYU quarterback Zach Wilson just too much? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May 29th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy in better basketball shape than most other middle-aged vanilla men, Jerem Jordan. Here's a a question. Are we vanilla-aged? We're in our 30s, mid to upper 30s. According to Jamal Williams, we are, but I don't don't think we are. I don't feel like we are. No, I, I feel like once you get to 40... Then you can get into that real conversation. I think when I was in my 20s, I thought that 35-plus would be middle-aged. But, yeah, I had this thought the other day because I like to play pickup basketball, and we, we you, played yesterday. You play a lot, yeah. It was fun. Um, that's how I try and keep in shape. I don't think I'm in great shape, but I can run around. No, no, you're in better basketball oh. shape. I mean, I, I was I super tired. That's what I do. I, I was just super tired yeah. yesterday. That's my yeah. competitive advantage. My unique value is that I will just <laughs> run around, right? But I had this thought. At what point won't I play basketball anymore? That's a sad, really sad thought for me. I don't see a lot of 45-year-olds out there going hard. Right for a long time. There's some old guys at BYU that got the goggles and the short shorts. They still have like the shirt they used to need oh, right? yeah. oh, to yeah. play in the RB or the Smithfield House. The Jackie Moons of BYU. The Jackie Moons. Can we even reference that here? <laughs> Just kidding. They're gonna have a bear come on the court. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It. I, I don't know. Do I have five years left? Ten years left? This is a sobering thought. Well, I woke up and my left Achilles and uh, my right kneecap this morning reminded me that uh, I'm not what I once used to be. We are, they are who we thought they yes. were, and we let them off the hook. Yes, we did. Here's today's show lineup. ESPN's Roxy Bernstein, another middle-aged vanilla man, joins the show to discuss BYU basketball, football, especially the Pac-12 opponents for BYU this year, and the NCAA tournament snub for BYU baseball. We also have the Bags National Spelling Bee with some of the more interesting names of BYU Athletics hosted by Ben Bagley. And Batcats head coach Mike Littlewood will join us to take a look back on the 2019 BYU baseball season, a loaded show. But not before today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Midnight Eastern, people, marks the deadline for a guy like Yoli Childs Mm. and any others who were not invited to the NBA Draft Combine to decide if they will stay in the draft or return to college. Yesterday, Gonzaga's Killian Tilly reported that he will likely stay at Gonzaga, as well as Namish Keda of Utah State, who made it official on his end. Now the Aggies are a projected top 25 team. It'd be really cool if the underclassmen who weren't drafted would come back. Anyway, in Lithuania, former Cougar Brandon Davies, who played four years at BYU, put up 11 points, three rebounds, and a 79-64 Zalgiris win over Ritas in game one of the Lithuanian finals. Game two is tomorrow. The USTF CCCA ranks BYU men's track and field number four in the pre-championship edition of the NCAA Outdoor National Rating Index. Rating index? Apparently. What? While the women's team comes in at number 15. 
The NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships take place June 5th through the 8th in Austin, Texas. It's not a ranking, it's a rating index. It's getting way complex now. Mm -hmm. Holy shnikes. Mm -hmm. And volleyball player Will Stanley is one of two setters listed on Off the Block's inaugural All-Hawaiian team. Stanley will be a senior this season. I assume that's players from Hawaii, not... uh, the culture or race of Hawaiian. Correct. Yeah. Although he is both. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Zach Wilson hype train train is uh, choo-chooing along, isn't it? We need another Rob Morris train whistle so we can... We need a... Well, he was the train. Well, that's what we have the audio board for. Don't we have a train whistle? There it is. I knew it it is. I knew they'd bring it. What's the Zach Wilson train called? We can discuss that later. Mm-hmm. That said, no, no, no. It's, that's what it, well, that's what it is right now. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's building oh. up. Oh, it's yeah. Building up to the full-on no, train let's break whistle. It down. Yeah, Jerem. At this point, he started how many games? Seven. Seven. Eighteen for eighteen in his last game, the bowl oh. game. Oh, it was incredible, right? Are we expecting too much from Zach Wilson because of what we saw in his last two starts of his freshman year? Now, KSL's Unrivaled, the radio show, uh, brought up this question. And uh, there was an article posted after the discussion of, uh, you know, is, is there too much expected of Zach Wilson? So let's approach it. I think it's a valid question. We're all hoping that last year was an appetizer and not the entree. Right, because Wilson was four and three as a starter, two and three against bowl eligible teams, zero and two against rivals, zero and one against power five teams, one and zero in the bowl game. Perfect against Western Michigan, as he outlined. His one hundred fifty seven pass efficiency rating, though, gives us an idea of where we're headed. Right, seven games, majority of the season, is enough, in my opinion, to get an idea of what direction we're headed. I'm not saying it's the end game, the same Avengers End Game, created okay. PG thirteen in theaters now, but his his pass efficiency rating of one fifty seven. Ninth best in BYU history with at least 100 passes thrown, which brings us to an incredible stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zach Wilson's pass efficiency rating of 157.23 was better than Ty Demers' 155.89 his Heisman season. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to win the Heisman or even come close to that, but what I'm saying is it was crazy efficient. In the time he was on the field, he did good work. In fact, his efficiency rating was better than Max Hall's sophomore and junior seasons, Jim McMahon's senior year, Robbie Bosco's junior season in the national championship year, Mark Wilson's senior year, John Wilson's junior year, 10-3, and three, Taysom Hill's best season, which was 2014. The, the point is, the direction it was going is very positive. Yes. There's a player two here and there that needed to be made to win some games. Four, the, four and three, not good. Two and three versus bowl-eligible teams, not good. Owen two versus rivals, not good. But... It was really close to being something very good. Those are great numbers, but how much value do you put in seven games compared to a full season like Ty Detmers when he beat sure. yeah. Miami? No, of course. Played in 12 games and a bowl yeah. game. and I mean, I'm saying it's just a taste. That's all right. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, it depends on what you're expecting from Zach Wilson. Yes. And for me, I expect seven regular season wins. So I don't think that's too much. That's No, that's barely above 500. Yeah. I think seven wins is fair from Zach Wilson as a sophomore against this setup of a BYU schedule. Although I did have the most fantastic dream last night about BYU football. Starting 2-0, and and then I had a conversation with Tom Homo. In the dream? In the dream. You woke up and called Tom. 
No, 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 no. no. Okay. Hanging out with Tom in my dream. Okay. Super random, I know, but BYU started 2-0, and we joked that if BYU started 4-0, the rapture would be happening. And I woke up actually laughing. Like, I woke up from my dream laughing. Okay. Because it's that silly of an idea. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. And I thought, man, that was an amazing dream, right? Just start, just the idea of starting 2-0. Yeah was incredible with wins over Utah and Tennessee and that the rapture oh. would happen if BYU started oh. 4-0. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to expect pass efficiency of 150-plus, yeah. TD to yeah. interception ratio of 2.5 to 1, basically like 25 TDs, 10 interceptions, okay. 3K passing yards. All I right. think that's all fair. It, it, it depends on what you expect. If you expect BYU to win 10 games, you are crazy. You are do clinically insane. Don't like, do go it. Go see a doctor. Don't do it. Right? Um, but if BYU does that... They've overachieved. They've, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. <sighs> He's a sophomore. I'm going to wait until – when Zach Wilson's a senior, I'm going to go, okay, let's get that 10-win season. Let's get sure, a season that sure. we remember 2021. forever. Yeah. 2021. Topic two. Jake Toulson's on the roster. We're closer to finalizing the squad for next season. Spencer, what's your starting lineup look like right now? All right. So this is an interesting question because we don't know what's coming down the pipeline potentially. Is there another player? Yeah, we don't know. Is anyone still leaving? There's still time to determine all of that. But for now, as it stands, my starting five would be from one through five, the one position being the point guard and so on and so forth, TJ Haas. Jake Toulson and Connor Harding are my three guards. I think BYU will go with a big guard lineup because they have to right now if they don't get any other bigs. Joining those three guards in the post, Zach Selyus and Gavin Baxter. That number four position is really intriguing because BYU can do a number of things there depending on what kind of a lineup they want to establish. If it's going to be super small or they do want to try and inject some more size in there with the addition of a player in the pipeline. I I don't know. But right now, TJ Haas, Jake Toulson, Connor Harding, Zach Selyus, and Gavin Baxter. And the addition of Jake Toulson, I think, will help a guy like Zach Selyus feel less pressure to take and make big shots at critical junctures of a game where Zach can go back to more of what he was as a freshman along the side of Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher and he can Nick stand Emery. There and shoot. He, he can just be yeah. the fourth shooter. I, I think that that is my starting five as of May 29th. I really like that. It all depends on matchups. Of course um, I go, I go Haas, Harding, Toulson, Baxter, I put Jesse Wade in there. Oh, so you go with a smaller lineup. I, I go with a smaller lineup. BYU does not have a five that can start right now. Colby Lee is the only five on the roster. Even then, you could call him a stretch four. I'm not sure BYU has a center on the team. They were going to have one in Shangzi Lee from China, but BYU opted to go a different direction there. So we'll see if Jesse Wade goes in the mix. I think Nick Emery could be in the starting lineup. I, I think um, he very well could be in the starting lineup. Who knows? If, if there's a big on the other team... BYU's going to have to go big. I think that BYU still needs a five. They need to bring in somebody. They, they, uh, they got Harward, Richard Harward, who's going to be that guy next year. But you have to have at least a couple of those guys. I think this is where you miss a guy like Luke Worthington, who offensively was somewhat limited, but defensively could at least guard that guy on the other team. Or a guy like Peyton Dastrup? <sighs> yeah. Gone is, gone is the idea of the traditional center, back to the basket, goes up. That hardly ha- – like, Dwight Howard was dominant in his time in the NBA the first several years. But then the game changed, and he got 
literally phased out of basketball yeah. because that position isn't needed. Watch the NBA Finals starting tomorrow night and look for the guy that's back to the basket that goes... In, like, Serge Ibaka used to be, maybe when he was younger, that guy. The guy, like, stands in the corner and shoots threes. Gavin Baxter's a four. Zach Selyus is a three who plays the four sometimes. Dalton Nixon is a three that plays the four. It's kind of... It's, it's different. So, if BYU plays a team that is big... Perhaps that's an issue, but I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as many games as perhaps in years gone by. Yeah, the more common back-to-the-basket style of basketball now is Kevin Durant 17 feet away on the baseline with his back-to-the-basket technically and then fading away and hitting this ridiculously tough jump shot. There's no drop steps. There's no jump hooks anymore. Bye-bye. Yeah, who's going to join Jesse Wade, Nick Emery, and Dalton (laughs) Nixon on the bench or if some of those guys are stars or something? We, BYU needs more players off the bench, typically and specifically, in that four or five position. They need some size. Yes. Got to have some size. All right, on to topic three. With the return of a big man, Killian Tilly at Gonzaga, and some more high-profile transfers for the Bulldogs, uh-huh. plus the experience of St. Mary's, who in some preseason projections are being looked at as a top 25 team. Where do you expect BYU to finish in the West Coast Conference in year one under Mark Pope? I think third would be great, given new coaching staff and new injection of systems and life. I wouldn't be surprised if BYU second. BYU took second last year. Exactly. Remember that? Exactly. So I, I think second is first in this league. Until Mark Few is gone from Gonzaga, second place is first. Or until Gonzaga doesn't have six different guys that could potentially be playing in the, N- or the NBA next year. Yeah. Well, the 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 one uh, you know stalwart of all this is Mark Few. So until Mark Few is gone from Spokane, I just expect to play for second. Now, playing for second and getting into the NCAA tournament was a thing that happened the first several years of BYU being in this league. But the last four seasons and five of the last seven, BYU has not made it into the NCAA tournament. So second place would be just fine with me, especially if that second place team is a preseason top twenty-five team. It's it's been shown with the NCAA tournament that generally speaking, if you are an at-large non-power six team, you've got to be near or in the top 25 to get in. That's what it takes generally. Is BYU going to be that kind of team? Right now, I would say no, but that's the pursuit. That's where they're hoping to get. If it doesn't happen in year one, that's fine. But I think next year, we want to feel like, okay, is BYU going to be in that conversation? Because not being in that conversation has just been boring. It's just stunk. Yeah. With the addition of Jake Toulson and we'll see what else, right now, I expect BYU to finish in a tie for second, just like they did this year with St. Mary's. I think BYU matches up just fine with St. Mary's right now. they have two really good players, speaking of the Gales, and then a bunch of other good role players. BYU has, right now, I think two, maybe three really good players, but what can the role players do? Two first-team all-league guys right now, and Haas and and Toulson. Yeah, I like the matchup for BYU with St. Mary's. I think that BYU could finish in a tie for second with the Gales. And Mark Pope has this knack for beating teams – on the road in conference that don't lose at home. He did it against New Mexico State. I'm pretty Which sure. Which is the Gonzaga of the way. Exactly. For the first time since longer shorts were introduced to the game of basketball. It was forever since New Mexico State lost a conference home game. And in Utah Valley went and did it. And he beat and they them played well at home. In Utah Orem, Valley. too. Yes. Yeah, Utah played really well at home. 
So Mark Pope has this knack of getting his guys ready for the biggest conference games. BYU will compete well against Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and I think they'll steal a victory or two, maybe even win in Moraga, just because he kind of he has that ability to get the most out of his guys and say the right things, and they play well in those really hostile environments. You trade Jake Toulson for Yoli Childs, essentially. Yeah, sure. You add Jesse Wade. That's the only real big difference on this team in terms of kind of the big seven or eight, right? Um, hopefully Nick Emery and Zach Selyus can be something, right? Last year was kind of disappointing. We thought they'd be better. They were good enough, but we hope for better. And then you, you look at uh, a guy like Trevin Nell. Can he contribute? Who else is in the pipe? So, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what happens. I don't expect the NCAA tournament, but I expect uh, BYU to compete in this league and uh, make it interesting. Can Gonzaga not win the league by four games or yeah. something? Can it be two yeah, 16 or 17 wins typically wins the regular season, and then 13 or 14 wins gets you second place. Yeah, and then show up in Vegas. Last year, BYU did not, and unfortunately, that was a sour ending. BYU needs to show up in Provo, speaking of football, with Zach Wilson. And speaking of the quarterback, are we expecting too much from him? Always. Why or why not? Let's go to Voice <laughs> of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. All right. First response in from at Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. I don't expect another 18 for 18 type performance again. That's probably good. Uh. What I do expect is for him to lead the team. That's everyone to a victory over Utah. Beyond that, Zach, you just do Zach. You'll be okay. Yeah, I think I think we all like what we see in the direction it's headed. I don't think that people have quantified what they want specifically. I tried to do so in the segment, but perhaps 18 for 18 was the worst thing that could have happened for the hype train going into this season because it's like, oh, wow, he looked really good. His efficiency was like in the 300s, 18 for 18, four touchdowns, 321 yards. That was a great thing in that game. But in terms of hype going to the next year, was that, was that worst, a good thing? The worst possible thing. L- listen, I always want greatness. I don't care when. I don't care where. I always want it. And Against Western Michigan in the Idaho Potato Bowl, that's fine. Let's how go. much of his usual self will he be following surgery? And that is the big – thank you. That is a big question that uh, Unrivaled brought up is, hey, we don't know how good his arm is, which is very valid. He told us a week and a half ago in Nashville – that he feels like he's, what, a month away from month being away. 100%. So about yes. three weeks, two and a half weeks now. I think he'll be fine, but there still is going to be an acclimation period of, okay, where are you now? He's going to have 10 100%. weeks. Is 10 weeks enough? Yeah, we think it is. Well, that's where Jaron Hall comes in. We hope it is. You're one play away. Okay. Zach Wilson, you've got, from the time that you say you will be 100% until that season opener, you got some work to do. And that is how many days away? Countdown to the youths. 92 days. 92 days away. Shout out to former number 92, Ryan Denny, drafted in the second round of the 2002 draft by the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons. Yes, he was also the MVP from the North team in the Senior Bowl. There you go. What's up, Ryan Denny? Still doing his thing, right? Yeah. Whatever, whatever that is, still, still doing it. Coming up, it's day two of the Spelling Bee, so we take a crack at our own BYU Spelling Bee. Yes. Isn't it the Bags National Spelling I'm Bee? I'm scared. I'll be I, honest. Yeah. I, I purposely <laughs> did not look. I didn't look at any names. I didn't study names. either. I didn't study either just to see how I much I really know. I didn't study either. 
A guy who has studied Roxy Bernstein of ESPN on football, basketball, and BYU baseball will join us. Did the Batcats get snubbed, and how will the Cougars match up against those Pac-12 football foes? This is BYU Sports Nation. Roxy! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This program is on demand. You can watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU radio app or where podcasts are found. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We now welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, longtime friend of the program, play-by-play man for ESPN and the Pac-12 Networks, Roxy Bernstein. Roxy, it's been too long. How are you? Good morning, boys. It has been too long. May 29th, and we're excited about that because we get to cover a myriad of subjects with you, ranging from BYU baseball, of all things, to BYU football against Pac-12 opponents in the fall, and we'll hit a little Cougar basketball as well. But let's start with BYU baseball and the fact that they didn't get into the NCAA tournament. In your opinion, did they deserve a spot in the field of 64, or did they not do enough late in the season? The Bat Cats got hosed, boys. Ugh. They they deserve to be in. I, okay, yes. Look, they didn't take care of business in Stockton last week and went two and out at the WCC tournament. But they won the league. They had an RPI in the top fifty. So, and that's difficult considering the landscape and how challenging it is for Mike Littlewood to get some of those midweek games, right, to help that RPI and boost it. Yeah. But their RPI was strong. They deserved, uh, to me, they deserved to be in the field. There's some teams I have issue with being in. For example, a, a team like TCU, right? They had an RPI 59, so it was lower than BYU's RPI. They finished with a losing record in their conference. Why did they get in? And, and Florida finished 13-18 and 18 in the SEC. Why are they in the field? And it, to me, that should be a non-starter when you have a below 500 record in your conference and you have a conference champion in BYU that didn't get in. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's tough. And I wish that uh, men's basketball and the way that that is handled in terms of here's the information we use as a strong reference for organizing the criteria in which we use. Baseball, it's like, okay, RPI, top 50, and what else? So it's hard to know what, what was used and what wasn't. And BYU wasn't close. They weren't one of the first four out, which I thought they'd at least be there. Uh, I thought so, too. And that was even just as shocking to me, that they weren't among those first few teams out. And, look, there's no secret that the NCAA tournament is (laughs) weighed heavily on the RPI. And and the SEC certainly uh, finds ways to manipulate that system and, and just seems the committee is married to it. And there's a strong influence of people from the Southeast, and that's why I think you see 10 SEC teams in the field. Goodness. And it's unfortunate. We know how good the the baseball is in the WCC, right? And LMU won, and I'll get to see them this weekend. I've got the UCLA Regional. But there's a lot of good baseball out West. And I, I felt now for a couple of times we've seen it, and not just this year with BYU being left out, but we've seen the WCC slided, whether it was Gonzaga deserving to be in it as an at-large a couple of years ago. It, it really is unfortunate. And when you have only nine teams from the West Coast in the NCAA tournament, there, there's something wrong. Yeah, nine out of 64. Yeah, the, the, again, I've seen those numbers before, but hearing you say that again, just uh, it kind of baffles me. So what, what 
can change? Will anything change? How, how does this all get resolved? That's a very good question. And I, I'm not sure, I don't know the answer. I, I really don't. I mean, but the one thing is, I think they're too dependent on the RPI. And it is weighted. I, I really feel they should value conference championships. And I'm, I get why there's conference tournaments, and we see them in basketball, and they're so successful. Um, and we see them in baseball, though the Pac-12 and the Big West, for example, do not have postseason tournaments. They reward the regular season champion with the automatic bid which I'm more of a fan of because I really do believe we need to value the regular season championship. But this is the landscape we're in, and I do think there somehow has to be a stronger voice for the West Coast because at the end of the day, you check, and there are more national championships from the teams out West than there are when you look at – here's my favorite stat, my go-to, and here's me being that Pac-12 apologist that I am (laughs) – If you add up the number of national championships that the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 have, it's still not as many as the Pac-12 has. Wow. There you go. Plus, you had Fullerton and kind of their their place in this, and the West Coast is represented well, right? Yeah, and Pepperdine's got one also. Yeah, how about that? Let's talk a little men's hoops. Jake Toulson, transferred from Utah Valley, former Cougar. He's here, WAC Player of the Year. Uh, we gave our projected starting lineups in the opening segment there, but what do you think of BYU basketball with Toulson and now obviously Mark Pope and his new staff and uh, this new-look BYU team? Well, I'm a big Mark fan. I, I, I got to know him when he was an assistant there at BYU, and I, I thought he did a really good job. I, I only had one of his games over the last few years when he was at Utah Valley, but so impressed in, in the way he ran his program and the detail that he paid attention to in terms of scatter reports, in terms of putting his players in positions to succeed. And, look, Dave had an unbelievable run, so successful at BYU, and it was a great run. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, he decided that that's it, and I'm going to move on and enjoy life. But I, I think BYU found the right fit with Mark Pope. He understands it. He gets it. He knows what it takes to win, and it doesn't help when, or it certainly helps when he brings in a high-powered scorer to help that offense. So I think that it's going to be a nice turn the page. I think it'll be as seamless as a transition can go, considering the connection that Mark Pope had to BYU. And I expect this team to be right there at the top of the West Coast Conference again next year. All right, I want to ask you one more basketball question, and then we'll finish with football. Roxy, is it too much to expect BYU to finish second in the West Coast Conference next year in year one with Mark Pope because they've added a guy like Jake Toulson? I don't think it's too much to expect it. And, look, we all know that Gonzaga is the, the team to beat. And, you know, with some of the news yesterday, some of those guys who declared for the draft like Killian Tilly and Philip Petrusev are, are coming back, and they have a great recruiting class. So, even though they lost a lot, they're still the team to beat in the league. St. Mary's clearly made strides, and Jordan Ford is a tremendous player. And we know how good of a coach Randy Bennett is. But I could see BYU battling with, with St. Mary's for the second spot, even though the Gales won the, the WCC Tournament Championship. But, look, I, 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 I like the program. I, I like Mark. Okay, it's a transition in year one. But if he can get things in order come January – I think they can make a push, and we know how much better the league was last year from top to bottom. I really saw 
the the league grow last year and trending upward. And uh, the bottom of the league was a lot better to me last year than we've seen in recent years. Let's finish with a football question. BYU plays three teams from the Pac-12 this year, Utah, USC, Washington, all in Provo, all in the first four games. How do you see BYU faring in those three games? It's going to be tough because, unfortunately, for the Cougars, to me, they have three of the best four teams in the Pac-12 on the docket. It's great news. Well, it's I guess it's, it's good and bad, right? It'll certainly help the RPI. Um, Don't but, bring RPI into football. Get out of here. <laughs> of the three games, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think the, the best chance for a BYU win is the USC game. Agreed. Um, I think there are, there's still a lot of unknowns about the Trojans because they're changing the entire complexion of the offense and they're going to the air raid with Graham Harrell taking over as the offensive coordinator. So I think that is an opportunity, and they're coming off a tough season where they went 5-7, and seven, but they still got a lot of talent. I honestly believe the team up the road might be the best team in the Pac-12 with the balance and depth that Utah has. All right, that's enough. Roxy, we're done here. (laughs) (laughs) Did I just anger your entire audience and everybody in the control room as well, including the two of you? They're like, Utah, come on. No, you're right. Utah is going to be a good team. They look loaded. They look loaded, for sure. They return a lot of talent, yeah. Yeah, I did their spring game on TV, and I was very impressed with the way they ran things. And I, I did the game with Yogi Roth, and Yogi said it may have been the best spring practice well, a couple of days before the spring game that he's ever seen. Get out of here. We can't gauge practices. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what he said. I didn't, not, not for me. But, Come you on, know, Yogi. Ludwig comes back as the offensive coordinator for Coach Witt, so I, I like them. But Washington's interesting also because I, I'd rather play them early than late, and you guys are getting them somewhat early, where they're going through a number of changes, right? They lose – Jake Browning, who was the all-time leading passer and the all-time wins leader at quarterback in Huskies history. Miles Gaskin, the all-time leading rusher in Washington history, is gone. They had some first-round talent on the defensive side. That's all gone. There's a lot of talent, but it's unproven. And if you can get them early, which BYU is, I think that gives you a decent chance to win the football game. Roxy, great stuff. BYU baseball, basketball, and football, all neatly packaged into one fantastic interview. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Roxy. Anytime, boys. Have a good one. You got it. Roxy Bernstein of ESPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great stuff. Too much RPI talk, though. You know, RPI I, and football. You know, I hate the RPI. He was, well, he was kidding. Right. But, and when, when I said great news in regard to those three <laughs> yeah, teams, that's yeah. obviously facetious. So, so he thinks USC will make a jump quite a bit there. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Hey, those. it's not like BYU's playing the bottom-dwelling power five. Oh, three right? of the top four, you know, says. You know who is, though, more on this another day? Tennessee. This is the perfect power five game for BYU to play. Perfect. Another day. Coming up, Skipper Michael Littlewood on the Batcat season. And if BYU should have been in the NCAA tournament. Plus, Jeremy and I put our college educations to the test. What? At least spelling with the Bags National Spelling Bee. BYU Sports Edition. This is BYU Sports Nation. We don't have to say our GPAs, right? We good? Nope. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. As we move now to the Bags National Spelling Bee. Emphasis on BYU Athletics presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We like the Scripps National Spelling Bee. We, we want do. the BYU we edition. Do. We want the BYU edition. I don't really watch it. I just see it for memes and GIFs of All right. confetti streaming down and this 
emotionless this, face. This middle school kid looking around awkwardly like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> now, to welcome our distinguished host of the Bags National Spelling Bee, give it up for the Honorable Ben Bagley. What is he, a judge? Yeah, I'm not sure this became the Bags National oh, Spelling Bee. Well, it should be the we, BYUSN National well, Spelling Bee. What we need is a sponsor. I think next year we look at getting a sponsor, right? Presented by BYU Food to Go. Okay. <laughs> the MVP you of your next event. There, there you go. go. Hey, hey, there you go. Hey, rules, real quickly for you guys. I've got four names apiece for you. You okay. will spell f- full names as I say them. Uh, you will also, once you get it right, it's a point. You get it wrong, no point. We move on to the next name for the next contestant. Okay. All right, so I hope you guys are ready. Hope homeschooling's <laughs> paying off for you. Ready or not, here we go. <laughs> All right, Jerem, we'll start with you. Okay. This is a BYU. I want sw- to defer to the second half. I don't have that option? No. Okay. Nope. Nope. In, in, a, in a lottery ball. So earlier before you frozen got the first envelope. Pick, nope. so, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is a BYU swimmer, Jerem. Oh boy. Spell. Kunmi Ogunfebo. <laughs> <laughs> no shot. I have no shot. Sorry. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> yes, Jerem. Spell Kunmi Ogunfebo. Kug Kugmi. Kunmi. Kunmi. Let's start there. C O U N M E. Nope. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Ogun Fe- I don't need. I, I have no idea. Go ahead. What is All it? right. It is K U N M I O G U N F E I B O. Woo! No shot. Woo! No All shot. Right. No points for Jerem. Why Spencer, would you? No so points. tough. This one was for you because Jerem would have got it. Okay. <laughs> From the men's volleyball team. No, I wouldn't oh, have. Boy. I would not have. Oh, boy. <laughs> Spell Mickey Yalyanen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The flying fin! The lumber fin. Okay. Miki Yauhiainen. Why do we do the full names? Why can't I just be the last names? It's way too hard. Okay, Miki Yauhiainen. Um, M-I-K-K-I. No! Oh! <laughs> Let me try the last name. J-A-U-H-I-A-N-E-N. Oh. I think that was close, though. Okay. That was pretty close. Yeah. Okay. It's right. M-A-K-I. M-A- just one K. It's just one K? Yes. Yeah. Uh, J-A-U-H-I-A-I-N-E-N. Oh, There's man. a lot of vowels in there. Let's wow. Get, yes. Fin- Finland, a lot of vowels. Can I, can I wow. buy a vowel? <laughs> yes. All right, Jeremiah, it's a little hard on you right off the top, so I'm going to give you something a little bit easier. Typical. This is from Cross Country. Okay. Olivia Hoy. Oh, Olivia Hoy? Okay, Olivia. O-L-I-V-I-A. Hoy? Hoy. There's only two ways it can go. Hoy. H-O-Y. Oh! Is there an E E at the end of that? There is no E. It's a Y. H-O-Y is her last name. Didn't I just say that? Or H-O-J, excuse me. H-O-J. Okay, H-O-J. Hoy. Hoy. Wow. You said Y-H-J. Yeah. All right, 0 for 2, Spencer. Okay, I felt way better about my attempt on that one. <laughs> we're Losers going, we're going to the women's golf team for your next one, Spencer. Oh, boy. Alicia May Mateo. Alicia May Mateo. You got a shot. Okay. Let's go. We're better at Polynesian names than, than uh, I don't know, uh, fin- Finnish names. A-L-I-C-I-A-M-A-E-M-A-T-E-O. <sighs> no, M-I-C-K-E-Y, no. Uh, it's A-L-L-Y. S H A M A E M A T E O. See, I got the last name, the middle, and the last part right, but not the first name. 
This is not horseshoes or hand grenades. Sorry. Again, losers talk about margin. Why? That's what I'm discussing. Yeah. All right. All right, Jerem. Third name for you. This is from the women's tennis team. Elena Vinchikova. <laughs> Sounds like you don't know it. <laughs> I had to take I had to take a breath and compose myself. Elena, E-L-E-N-A. Oh, Russian, right? Correct. Yeah. And then the, what was the last name? I can't even remember. Vinchikova. Nope. I'm, I'm, <laughs> A-L-I-N-A-M-E-N-S-H-Y-K-O-V-A. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> We're not so, even getting it once. So, so Jerem's 0 for 3. He's got yeah. a chance for redemption on his last one. Spencer, so tough. Here we go. Ooh. We're going to go to the football team. You asked for Polynesian names. Yay. Here we go. Uriah Leotawa. Ah. Okay. Now, a football name. We're staring at these names. So we got a shot. But this one's hard. Oh, you're right. Straight out of Compton. All right. U R I A H L L E I A T A U A. Yes! Nice. We've got a point for Spencer. Congratulations. Can I get a football player? All right, Jerem. You will get a football player. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Please give me someone. Uh, give me a white player from Harriman. Close. We're going to go to Alta High. Okay. okay. Braden Kime. What? <laughs> Who? Braden Kime. A tight end. Can we do okay. Braden Bakery? <laughs> Actually, number 92. Speaking of days to kick. Oh, 92. Braden Kime? Correct. Braden in Utah is impossible to know which one. There's a gajillion. Braden. I'll go st- standard. There's no standard spelling of Braden. B-R-A-Y-D-E-N. Yeah, so far so good. Kaim? You're correct. Oh, this guy's like a walk-on or a return missionary that I don't know about. Kaim. Isn't it about Kaim? <laughs> Kaim. K-I-M-E? Oh, so close. C-H-Y-M-E. K-E-I-M. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry, Jerem. Uh, Spencer, you've already won. Do you want your last one or do you just want to take the victory and sure, walk Sure, sure. Yeah, just, just throw it out there. Give it to Let's me. And All right, this, is, this is actually a coach. This is a track and field coach. Mm. And it's Ned, not Ed Eyestone. Okay. Sorry. Or Dilgy Taylor? Not Dilgy Taylor. Either. Oh, dang it. Nicholas Arenas. He was in school when we were in school. You know how to spell this? I feel like I do. Maybe. You want to give it a go? No. You go. It's your I, turn. I, One I, more time, Ben. I'm used to failing, so I Nicholas can Nicholas Arrhenius. Nicholas Arrhenius. <sighs> he had a brother that was here, too, while we were here. N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. Uh, no. Okay. Sorry. Swedish. <laughs> nice try. Spelling faster doesn't help you win. <laughs> N-I-K-L-A-S. And then Arrhenius is A-R-R-H-E-N-I-U-S. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> one for eight. Not bad, guys. Congratulations. I interviewed him on hey, the I'm Daily News. I got back. the one. Yeah. Good yeah. gravy. That's really hard. So basically, one for eight. Seven. Because we did four each, right? Yes. One for eight. One and one yeah, and one seven, and seven and one for eight. Yes. Not a yeah. great three-point shooting percentage. Hey, thanks, no. Ben. That was a great time, man. Yeah. Right now, BYU Food to Go is like, oh, man, that was the segment? <laughs> <laughs> Entertaining. Coming up, four Cougars doing work overseas. And we welcome in 
A man whose name I can spell 100% correctly all the time. L-I-T-T-L-E-W-O-O-D. Yes, Mike Littlewood recaps the 2019 BYU baseball season, gives us his thoughts on where the Cougars stack up against that field of 64. Mike Littlewood's actually spelled T-A-N. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano looks at holidays in Hawaii. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Y-O-U-T-U-B-E. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Are BYU fans, us included, expecting too much from Zach Wilson? Why or why not? That's C underscore plus underscore outdoorsman on Instagram answers. Depends on what you're expecting. Yes. If you expect zero uh, incompletions or interceptions for the entire seasons, then yes, I think we can expect him to compete and be a major factor in putting BYU in a position to win games. A quarterback does not a team make, though. Well, sure helps a lot. Yeah, I think he needs to be one of the top two players on the team. Without question. If not the best. Joining us now, a man who is the most important cog in this BYU baseball program, the head coach, Mike Littlewood. 36-17, and 17, first ever West Coast Conference regular season championship for your BYU Batcats team. Uh, congratulations on that. I know a disappointing finish, but, man, it was a fun ride until uh, it kind of came to a crashing halt. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was uh, – we played at such a high level all year, and then it was like we ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, you talk about it in baseball, you run into a buzzsaw when you see a good pitcher. And we faced Cody Piva on Thursday night, and he was – you know, his ERA is 1.43, which means he gives up over the course of a year one and a half runs per nine innings. Conference he, pitcher of the year. And he pitched to that ERA. He was better – in that big game than uh, he was when we saw him before in, in league play when he beat us. Uh, I don't know what the score was um, in league, but he was really, really good that night. So um, we just didn't get it done. You know, bottom line, just didn't get it done at the end when it counted. Monday, when you're hoping to get into the NCAA regional, did you feel like you'd get in? And, and what do you think of the decision to not be in? No, I didn't feel like we would get in. Um, I just feel like there's the no Sunday play. I don't know if that even came into play, but I do know when we were in the regional two years ago, in Stanford, every coach was complaining about it because they have to move their starting pitching up um, a, a day. And not even their starting pitching. Every pitcher that they throw has to, has to move up a day and, and one, day's, one day less rest, which I don't really understand a whole lot that it makes a big difference because instead of instead of six, Friday, it'd be Thursday. Instead six of six days, days rest, yeah. they're, they're getting five days rest. And so it's not, it's not a big deal. I can see it if it's four days rest and now you're only getting three days rest. Sure. That, that might be a big deal. But just nobody likes it. They, everybody's in a routine. Um, but if you look over the course of the, of the season, the PAC has games, PAC-12 Network has games on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and so their schedule's always bumped up. We bump up for Easter. There's a lot of different times you have to go on short rest, so I don't know that that's really a valid reason. But I, I didn't feel like we would get in. There's too many reasons not to have us in. Uh, the West is slighted all the time. We, we know that. Um, RPI's built for the Power Five, especially the, the SEC. It's just built that way. You look at Look at Alabama's record and their RPI. I think they had an RPI of 39, and they had they were seven games under 500 in league, but they had a 39 RPI. They didn't make it in the tournament, but they had a 39 RPI, which means they can go play the worst team in the in the SEC, and they they'll gain RPI points. It's just it's just built that way, and so not fair. 
I hate the RPI, and I'm so happy that men's hoops went away from it yeah. um, this last year. And I thought that was a move in the right direction. They came up with their own metric and whatnot, perhaps because it's not football or men's basketball. There's not this level of investment in the metrics right, or whatever. Right. But where do we go from here in uh, perhaps equalizing or making it more fair? If if And do you think it'll go that direction ever? I, I don't. Um, I, think, I think you should give a – the conference winner of the league should be given – and at large, and if you want to, or a, a, an automatic bid, and if you want to have a tournament, then have a tournament and give that tournament winner, a, 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 you know, a bid as well. The the work that you've done from game one to game fifty two in league play and non conference play, which, I mean, look at all the all the power five schools we beat. We beat uh, Washington at Washington. Those are tough things to do, and you, you're not. We were in the top twenty five five or six weeks. So it's funny you play for. Not funny. It's interesting that. You play for metrics and this quantitative analysis for 56 games, and then all of a sudden it's like the committee gets together. Well, TCU is playing well, so let's get them in. When they when in their last 10 games they were four and six, and they just lost their closer two weeks ago, and so it's just it, it becomes subjective at the very end. And so that's when I get frustrated when people ask me about RPI. What do you think about RPI? What do you think about being in the rankings and all that? But it just what do you think about coaches poll having you sick? It doesn't matter. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is for us us right now is getting to the top four and winning the league tournament. That's the only thing that matters. At what point do you turn the page and start looking at what you're bringing back? Because you lose some really good players. Jordan Wood was your Thursday starter. Brian Sue, good player. Brock Hale, Keaton Kringland, Casey Jacobson, Blake Inouye, Noah Hill behind home plate. You're making me cry. (laughs) So many great players. And then Jackson Clough played himself into a position where he's likely to be drafted in a high round. Yeah, I think we'll lose him. When do you turn the page? Um, a year ago, you know, six months ago, you start thinking about the next year. I mean, I think about, I think about next year and the, and the year after every single day. It's something that I think you, you can't all of a sudden wake up and go, oh, man, we're losing these guys. We need to. So that's why I love our 2019 class coming in. A lot of talented guys, a, a lot of good, talented young pitchers coming in. Um, a, a lot of uh, those guys, I won't name names because I can't go through them all right now, but a couple left-handers and a, and a couple right-handers are, are potential draft picks okay. um, coming in coming into to BYU next year. A few good position players, uh, namely Brock Watkins, who um, just won the state championship with Pleasant Grove. Yep. He's going to have to step up, and if, especially if Jackson Clough leaves. He's going to have to to get his game ready to start for us next year and, and battle for a starting spot along with the returners. And so I love our outfield. Um, we have a couple really good outfielders coming in, um, swap from um, Jordan High School. Uh, we have McKay Barney from a, a legit, legit center fielder from Arizona. So the pieces of the puzzle are there, but you don't win with freshmen. You have to win with, with upperclassmen and guys who can lead from the top. And uh, that's what all, all six teams who had a potential to get in our tournament did. They, they were upperclassmen and... One through nine, they put together good at-bats. There wasn't one guy in their lineup that, oh, he's an out. If you just throw strikes, he's an out. There wasn't one of those guys in any of those lineups. You just had to work for it. So that's how you win, and that's how you build. But we're definitely – we've thought about next year for a, probably every single day for the last year. <laughs> yeah. The MLB uh, draft is Monday through Wednesday. Who do you think's in the mix to be drafted? Jackson Clough will. It, it just uh, – we met with him a couple – we met with him Monday and, uh, as a coaching staff, and it just depends on what number he puts on his bonus. Um, I think he's going to get a chance, and I think he'll get the, the money he wants. Justin Sterner's probably the only other guy that uh, – it, it's, it's a guy that teams are showing interest in. I don't know how high. Justin's pretty um, realistic about how important it is to come back to college as opposed to go out and play uh, professional baseball, and I, I know he wants to be here, so he's not going to sign for nothing. 
Uh, and I hope Brock gets a chance. Yes, I hope please. Brock gets a chance. Yeah, I, conference I just, player of the year. Yeah, and and he could have been conference player of the year the last three years. I mean, he just he just played at such a high level for so many years. There's not there's not many holes in his game, if if any. He's a good runner. He throws well. Um, great instincts on the bases. The only downside is he's twenty what twenty four, maybe twenty five right now. But shoot, get get him in there, give him a chance, and I hope that happens for him. Mike, great stuff. Congratulations again on a fantastic season on that regular season championship, and uh, here's to next year. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on as much as, as we have. But I mean, I think absolutely. it's great for the program. Appreciate it, you guys it's, it's and no, all you do. Appreciate it. It's no Jason Shepard show featuring Mike. No, Cotto, not even close. <laughs> way, way down the list. I don't even think it's featuring Mike Little, but I think it's just the Jason Shepard show. You're, you're the rapper that comes in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, Coming Mike. up, Andy Reid and Donnie Osmond together. It happened. Plus, who earns your elite voice of the day? This is BYU Sports Nation. In shorts, it's the offseason. He deserves it. He deserves it. BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, Roxy Bernstein of ESPN and Mike Little with the BYU Baseball Head Coach. And the back spelling B. The show's Great. on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Today's rise and shout outs now. For me, Jerem, this goes to kind of a national phenomenon of a story last yes. night. From America's Got Talent. So good. Cody Lee, an autistic, blind young man, played the piano and sang an incredible it was so good song like i don't know anybody that saw it and didn't feel emotional it just was like such a triumph to watch this yes. kid sing and with his mom next to him and the judges stand up and standing ovation i thought it was incredible he gets my rise and shout out everyone is capable of greatness that's what i took yes from that. yes mine goes to byu power players in a single photo donny osmond tweeted a photo with Andy uh, Reid and his wife Tammy at his show in Vegas this weekend. They've known each other since the 70s. Two of BYU fans' favorites hanging out. Jason Shepard right now is uh, probably saying, ha! <laughs> he should. With that much awesome in a picture. By the way, the Reid family, they're great. They hosted us yeah. in Denver. They're incredible. Our question of the day. What are, you, are we expecting too much from Zach Wilson? Why or why not? Our elite voice today presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at OPC underscore Killa on Twitter. I just expect Zach's number to be three in two years. Yeah, I see what you did there. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to another number 92, David Franson. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation, live on BYU TV and on BYU Radio at noon Eastern.